Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. I just noticed that my earphones were turned all the way down. Oh, I was going to watch because my volumes are a little weird. I have to turn my my headphone volumes down to like 23% for this stuff and up for others. And it's just kind of a mess. But anyway. It's because all my shit sucks. <laughs> Brother Scott, how you oh, doing, man? Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Gonna be best of something. What's this the best of? The best podcast we've ever done was just posted to the internet. That's right. In part two for the music stuff because I'm dying to listen to it. Oh, that was posted a couple of days ago. Today was the Putin Bay Classic. Oh, it is up all four hours. Oh God. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Four hours. Four hours of Burke and I talking about being drunk and in a hotel room together <laughs> without being naked. How did that happen? Oh well. Next time. Dude, we, we gotta try harder. We are not fulfilling our audience's pleasures. This sucks. Our show is not ribbed. I'm sorry. So, I went to the state fair the other day. Oh, how was it? State fair of Texas. I have. I am a season pass holder, as usual. I did not realize that the day that I went was the Grambling State Prairie View college football night at the cotton bowl which is inside of fair park okay. so there was about 999 99 million people and i hated every second of it because <laughs> everyone was rude stopped right in front of you would not keep walking wondered where the damn corn dogs were <laughs> where the damn corny dogs Needless to say, I, uh, yeah. You chose poorly. I, I, I season pass holder. I'm going to go on the night or I'm going, uh, night Ranger is playing this year. No, oh, so cool. I'm going to go see night Ranger. Uh, uh, I went, I was going to go and see trace Atkins cause he played Friday night, but I got off of work and apparently just fell asleep. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how the hell that happened. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, so I'm at the state fair. Well, I, I, I'm i out and about over the weekend. Oh, beauty. That, that, that was, yeah. Wipe your microphone off, please. Holy shit, it's dribbling. 
Sorry, baby. Um, <laughs> so I'm at, or I'm out and about over the weekend. Uh, someone I know, 20, 21-year-old, um, goes out drinking with us every so often when we go to the bar and stuff like that. It's you know, it's it's nothing to me. It's nothing. Is this a male twenty-one person? No, female. Mm, okay. I don't have I don't have many male friends. Uh, most yeah, of my two of them on the show. Well, you don't count because I just don't like you. And no, no, no. You had two of them on your team. Remember? Oh, I don't like them either. Oh well, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you work with them and they're male. <laughs> 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 Shit, I had four friends on. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't like any of them. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hanging out, and all of a sudden, she looked at me and said, I'm going to break up with my boyfriend. I said, well, that's, that's really sad. So she grabbed my phone and put her phone number in my phone. And I went, I'm old enough to be your grandpa. <laughs> Maybe that's her kink, man. Don't shame her. So I'm so I, I was like, that's just I don't So then to top it off, a girl from high school. Wait, wait, wait. From when you went to high school or a mm -hmm. girl that's in high school? No. Specific. <laughs> I'm not allowed within 300 feet of any high school. <laughs> that's just the self-boundary. Qualify, qualify these phrases. <laughs> that is the self-boundary that I have put around myself. Self-imposed. I, I will I, not go there. I have geofenced myself to at least 300 feet away from my high school. Why is that? Because they stay the same age. <laughs> Anyways, so somebody I went to high school with got a hold of me on Facebook today. Or I cool. got a hold of Well, uh, no, she you, posted, connected. She posted something and I said, oh, that's cute to it. And started a whole conversation and in the middle of the conversation we finally realized that we are a lot alike we don't like people <laughs> we don't want to be around people <laughs> i talk into a microphone to stay away from all of you <laughs> so we said we should probably go get dinner since she she only lives a, a couple hours away from me so seriously she went to medina and she's all the way down there huh well she yeah she she lives i think she said it was uh uh she's in louisiana uh halfway between lake charles and baton rouge which means that she's probably about four hours four and a half hours from my house um but she was like hey we could meet up in houston or something like that and go there have dinner go. i was like hey that'd be cool we could go out be around people that we hate complain the entire time talk about the fact that you hate them then go home i love that <laughs> i think that's exciting uh <laughs> the, the haters ball <laughs> <laughs> dallas texas 2022 
coming soon. So I, uh, as Burke knows, I, um, I just got home. Why is that? Because golfers suck. Uh, tournaments suck. Um, mm. Oh, and the best part, the best part was that I was supposed to go home at two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you say overtime? Just a little, there's a little bit of overtime. Oh, gosh, and golly gee. And, of course, at like 4 o'clock, one of the managers turns and looks at me. He's like, hey, what time are you supposed to be gone? I I, I went uh, two two hours ago. (laughs) Oh, who approved that overtime? Uh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all think I'm a manager anyways, so I'm just going <laughs> to roll with it until you <laughs> tell me otherwise. Just sign my name on that dotted line. Um, I, I, of course, I, of course, didn't tell him that um, the other day I couldn't clock out because uh, we use an app on our phone to clock in and clock out at work. Right. And uh, it wouldn't let me clock out the other day. So on, on Monday, on Monday... <laughs> It says that I have 23 hours. <laughs> I think they might question that one. I'm not 100% sure, but they might question it and go, uh, Scott, about this uh, 23 hours uh, on your uh, time uh, sheet. How, how, did you, how did you get uh, 68 hours in, in a week? two days. <laughs> I don't know. It was a long week, dude. I had oh, wow. to clean a lot of carts. I was tired. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So, uh, so that's what's been going on over here. Um, I did not do any show prep for this for this movie whatsoever. None. Well, I, I have some. I, I got a, a decent amount. So, I. Uh, I did, however, edit the missing music. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, the reason and the reason I brought it up is because I was uh, oh, my week was the only fun thing I did. I went over to Bob and Mary's, and it's now like crunch time because there's only two weekends for their party. We usually take a month to mm-hmm. like clean and do all the decorations, and, all, and we got two weeks now. So we were over there, I was moving the Lotus and yeah, just all sorts of shit, but I was listening to the podcast and like, I get to the end of the thing and I'm like, that was number 16. Where's the next one? Excuse me. Uh, want some more content, please. <laughs> I couldn't get it. I was, I was not, I was not happy. Well, Scott edited the missing music uh, uh, thing of a bobber. Top 40. Then he edited Putin Bay and posted that. Then he edited the Bob Kanza show. Oh geez. And hasn't posted that yet. I'm I'm thinking I'm going to hold off on that till next week. Um we got a Hogan's Heroes in there somewhere too, you haven't. Well, it's edited now. Oh, cool. Okay. Um it's and and that was a rough one to edit because we had to record it in two days because I don't know why. I forget the circumstances for that one. Oh, let me explain it to you. 
I can't remember. Brain cells are at a minimum right now. I got do not re- honestly do not recall why that was a two parter. Got a uh, got a message from you that said, "Yeah, I can make it through. I can make it through the, oh. the second <laughs> half of this." And then five minutes into it, you go, "I oh, can't do it. I can't make it." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I can't remember. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and so. We did it all over again the next day. <laughs> the funny thing is that a lot of what you said while you were, uh, uh, you said again the next day. <laughs> I was well, like, well, you know, I figured you could splice it in and so people would be able to understand what I was saying the next day. <laughs> I, I don't know. I had that crazy idea of taking, um, you said one sentence like four different times and it was the exact same sentence. And I was going to cut each word from <laughs> make the slurriest sentence possible. <laughs> de, 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 de. <laughs> I was like, that would be so funny because it, it could start out totally, totally uh, able to 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 hear the pronunciation, and then by the end, it just sounds like Homer Simpson's. Yeah, <laughs> love you, Marge. Donut. So, all the people that were saying, "I see you shiver with anticipation." Say it. For all of you that were saying anticipate, I anticipate that that episode coming out. <laughs> it's out. It's out now. Brick and I still. Yeah, that was loud. I'm sorry. Sorry. Right. Um, now Burke and I still have have to do one more put in bay show. And I don't know when we're going to do it. Um, I have these two. Oh, yeah. Lovely. There you are. Well, you got more audio than I did. I, I, I kept trying to get to people and like they were busy and I didn't want to interrupt them. And I never found good times. But I, I interrupted everyone. I just walked up to him and said, hey, can I interview you? Like 91 years old and about to have a heart attack because he's strapping his car in his trailer. Hey, come talk to me. He's a good you, need, you need some chalk. <laughs> Did you offer to help him? strap his car hell no i got him out of the car just grabbed his ankles and pulled (laughs) can't hear you when you're in the car come on let's go he looked at me and said what the fuck i said mr mccandless can i interview you (laughs) i'm sure his daughter would have given me her phone number as well It's just hey, what what are you drinking tonight, buddy? Hey, that, was a, that was a long doorbell. Um, yeah. I'm drinking. What am I drinking tonight? Uh, vodka and Gatorade. What kind of vodka? Nothing good. Yeah, it was bottom shelf, dude. My paycheck doesn't hit the bank until tonight. 
Well, yeah, being that I spent all of my money up at uh, Put me. the island. Put me. Uh, last week I was trying. $15 for a Subway sandwich? Uh, I, I'm drinking. I'm trying all the cheap vodkas, and now I'm on Smirnoff. Smirnoff. It is not as good as Seagram's. Uh, so far, Seagram's is the top cheap vodka. And Smirnoff is, it's meh. The weird thing is, I think Seagram's costs less and tastes better. I don't get that one. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Okay. There's my review. I have a glass of it right here. I have to. I'd have to go into the kitchen to look and see what type of vodka I'm drinking. I think I'm drinking Finlandia today. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's not top shelf. It's not bottom shelf. Uh, I usually do absolute. I've done absolute since college. That was my favorite vodka in college. Um, and then they they came out with the absolute Citroen, mm-hmm. which which had the hint of citrus in it. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. That was so good. <laughs> um, and then they came out with this absolute uh, cream puff shit. Tastes like marshmallows or something like that. There's like 20 flavors of absolute now. Yeah, I, I sat back and, and tried the... Uh, the fluff um not a big fan of the fluff uh you could drink that straight though right on the rocks <laughs> hey you'd have no problem i gotta take these glasses off because they're not straight and it's driving me nuts in the camera <laughs> <sighs> and of course i just grabbed the lens of that pair of glasses that ought to work really well Ooh, look at how blue that makes my eyes Almost as hot as the chick behind me. Look at her. Who is that? I can't tell you because then people would know that I would have a thingy for her. She is Miss (laughs) SpaceX. And uh, uh, I am not going to. I mean, she, she does all of their webcasts. So if you know who she is, go ahead and put it in the comments. That we never look at. We have comments? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know that? No, I've never seen a comment. Do I have I access to comments? I doubt it. Oh, okay. That's why I've never seen them. It's on our website, too. Like, you can comment under any of our blogs, and it posts it to our, to our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page? God, Sorry, if you haven't figured out, but I don't do the Facebooks. Oh, okay. The the PR department's informing you there is a... Do we have Twitter? Okay. So apparently we have Instagram, Facebooks, and possibly the Twitters. Oh, we have the Twitters. We have the Twitters. Okay. Yeah, as a matter of fact, here, 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 look, share... Basic three share. Look at that. See, that's the Davis and Davis show website. And if you look underneath, there's a place to put a comment. Oh, how cool. So there you go. There I go. Yeah. You have no clue what the hell's going on in this world. I know. That. Nope. No, I do. And I don't care. <sighs> It's it's partially your show, dude. 
Well, I care about the show. I don't care about the rest of the world. I just, you know, don't care about Facebooks. Don't care about, yeah. I don't know what to say to you. Just the fact, yeah, same as you hate everyone. I, I don't care. There's a big difference, though. <laughs> I don't let them know that I hate them. You just tell them every time you get on your podcast. Hey, come come listen to my podcast. I'll tell you how fucked up you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is this? You see, I, I'm, yeah, everything is sucking today. Sucking. Uh, I don't know why that's working like that. Here, wait. Sucking hind teat. Uh, never mind. So, anything else happening with you? How's your butthole? Well, uh, getting better, I guess. I don't know. Did we did we do a show after the hot sauce thing? Yeah, we did. We did the Bob Kansas show. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's it's. Oh, we did the Putin Bay show. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this: I, uh, the bomb should be illegal. There, there is, there is the only reason it exists is to, so that you can be an asshole to somebody else by giving it to them. That's it. it. It's, it's a dick move product. That's it. No other it's reason. A total dick move. Yeah, biggest dick move ever. Now, anything else happen with you? seven so there's absolutely so you say there's a chance (laughs) (laughs) uh okay i i have something Ooh. um i have to find there it is so i um i <laughs> Went to the state fair, as you know about. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, turn warp off. So, uh, we are about to go into a break. And through that break, I am going to play the 911 and uh, fire dispatch calls. When Big Tex caught fire seven years ago. Now, if you don't know who Big Tex is, <laughs> Big Tex is a talking mannequin that is 55 feet tall. He is the mascot of the, the Texas, Texas State Fair. The State Fair of Texas, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like and, when you it's kind of like when you go to the mall and they had this three-story uh snowman and the little kids would walk up and the eyes would light up and it would talk to the kids and shit like that but it's even bigger and more texas e well seven seven or eight and he talks he talks to the audience so the guy that's doing the voice can see the audience and uh, howdy folks (laughs) hey you there with the red cap on come on over he talks to people so in honor of Big Tex and the State Fair of Texas, I am not only going to play the, the Dallas Fire Department <laughs> calls, but I'm going to play the eulogy <laughs> by one of my 
best friends. Uh, rest in peace, Russ Martin. So if there's nothing else, Burke, we're going to go into our break and eulogize Big Tex. You're a great you, you eulogizer. Attention, engine 44, engine 3, engine 6, truck 3, truck 19, battalion 1, battalion 3, one alarm fire at the State Ferry 1100 to 1198 First Avenue, box 060008. Big Tex is on fire. Engine 44, going to Big Tex. 777 on channel 1. 777, go ahead. Fair. Watched over us 
for over 60 years. An icon of the Lone Star State. He proudly wore that star on his chest and knew what it meant. <laughs> Amen. Amen. A man to be cherished. A man to be honored. One day he welcomes us to the gates as he always has. The next, his dickies is burning off of everybody. <laughs> but considering he tucked his jeans into his boots all the time, not really a surprise he burst into flames. <laughs> Bewitch you in a second. Take your time, Reverend. Anybody else want to talk? Show. Sure. Memory of big time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What? And the boots. Yeah. 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 You don't do that. Unless you're... <laughs> yeah, hopefully they can update that on the new big text. Yeah. Can we untuck the jeans? You don't have to do that. Get him some boot cuts. Yeah. I mean, you're getting your pants from Dickies. Oh, that'd have to be gay. <laughs> Ready, Dan? All set. <laughs> Love the corks. Okay, we're going to start again. Yes, Reverend. Yo! <laughs> his chest. Knew what it stood for. Man to be cherished, a man to be honored. One day he welcomes us through the gates. Next, his dickies burn off in front of everybody. <laughs> now, considering he always tucked his jeans inside his boots, not really a surprise he burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> Stream with tears. But considering the part of Dallas he was in, it was fitting for him to go out in blackface. <laughs> oh, please, shit. <laughs> and on that note, We'll be right back. Michael Randy oh I just snorted. <laughs> oh, shit. We'll be right back, people. Claude Rains was the invisible man. Then something went wrong. For Fay Ray and King Kong, they got caught in a celluloid jam. Then at a deadly pace, it came from outer space. And this is how the message ran.
Georgie Carroll was over a barrel when Tarantula took to the hills. And I really got hot when I saw Jeanette Scott fight a trivet that spits poison and kills. Dana Andrews said prunes gave him the rooms and passing them used lots of skills. But when worlds collide, said George Powell to his bride, I'm gonna give you some terrible everybody we are dancing to this because it's the village people
after our show a couple of weeks ago, uh, when we we started talking about disco. Well, was, actually, it was the Bob Kansas show. Okay. Uh, which which is going to come out next week, people. Um, cool. Of which, a good one. A real good one. You'll you'll never really know that because this show will come out after it. But hey, uh, sorry. We're, we'll all assume you've listened to it and enjoyed it, and that's <laughs> uh, what I say. Um. So after after that whole conversation, I went through my record collection and found a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> like, ah, shit's getting um, real now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I feel like I'm I'm lighting the metro ball again. Uh, hang on. Hmm. Yeah, I love me some village people. Um, but we're not dealing with village people this week. I don't know why I I even brought that up. No. We're kind of the same time frame though. Uh, kind of. I figured we needed something in the background because ladies and gentlemen, we're talking, we're talking about the biggest and baddest cult movie ever made. It was never supposed to be famous. It was done basically as a joke. Gotta love Richard O'Brien. And, and one of the most famous songs was a filler. A fucking filler song. A pillar? Filler. A filler. Which song? Yeah. The one we're listening to right now. Was never meant to be in this movie. No. No, it was never supposed to be in the stage show. The stage show was only 40 minutes long. And so they needed like something else. And one of the guys was like, well, uh, the writer, I th- I've got this trivia in here somewhere. But he was like, you got to have a dance number in a musical or it's not a musical. And he's like, OK. <laughs> uh, we are, of course, talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Written by Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien. Who actually stars in the movie. And the original stage show. Oh, God. How many of these can there be? Um, Your audio is, like, crackly. No, sometimes. It's, not, it's not my audio. It, it is the soundtrack that this was pulled from. You spoke on the soundtrack? No. I'm saying your audio is crackly sometimes if you're overblowing the mic or what i i, I shouldn't be nothing's changed okay. sound okay there i mean i don't know what to tell you that's much better okay no oh, i had it on the wrong setting sorry that's much better <laughs> wait 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 you, you you have to do the the MCP from Tron when you do that voice. Uh, 
Put him in the game. Line. Put him in the games. End of line. Okay, so I'm crackly, okay? I don't care. I don't care anymore. Don't care. I don't like people. I don't care. Fuck them all. Nobody. You know what? The girl from high school said she's never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. What? I said, that's gotta be like the first thing that we do together. <laughs> Maybe the second. Well, uh... <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> um, you gonna change back now, or are you gonna? <laughs> am I still? Am I still? <laughs> yes, you're still. Am, am I still in the flying? Say, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Um, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Sounds like my friend Jordan's here. Hang on. <laughs> God, I, yeah, I've had it. I've had a bad day. <laughs> Just, I, actually, I've had a good day. And if a you can if you can't tell, I'm, I'm a little bit giddy and, and doing absolutely crazy crap tonight. Like, like a little schoolgirl. What the hell was that from? I forget. <laughs> I keep thinking Edward Scissors Scissorhand. Maybe. Uh, oh God. I, I was I was going through you know what? This actually Rocky Horror brought up some stuff because I started going through and I was like, Well, geez, if we're talking about this, shouldn't we talk about Beetlejuice? Or because Beetlejuice was 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 new age for its time oh yeah where where you know the rocky horror picture show was totally different than anything that was put out when it when it came out yeah correct correct yeah am am i right (laughs) i mean how many movies have murder cannibalism bisexuality transsexuality homosexuality uh aliens all wrapped up into one uh where's the original freaking movie 1935 written by richard o'brien screenplay by jim Sharman. don't squeeze the Sharman. don't squeeze the Sharman. Uh, rotten tomatoes actually has stats for this would you like to hear them do they really Rotten Tomatoes rates it at 78, but the audience says 85. Thank you very much. Thank you. Roger Ebert. Gave it, gave it. I'm telling you right now, he's what? One through four, right? Four or five. I I can never remember. I think he gave it a four. No, it was only 2.5. This was not his cup of tea, but he did really like Tim Curry's performance in it. Ooh, you're crackly now. Something's something's fucky anyways uh box office uh that year it made on a 1.4 million dollar budget it only made twenty one thousand two hundred and forty five dollars 
Good job, guys. You what a what a return on our investment. <laughs> now the beauty of that was that the company that put it out obviously wanted to make their money back and relegated it to midnight showings all over the place. And and that is the number one reason why this show became a cult hit that it is. Um I got something later on about that too. But and this is based off of the Rocky Horror Show, a stage musical, which was created by Mr. Richard O'Brien. He wrote the uh, book, music, and lyrics. It first opened in London on June 19th, 1973, at the Royal Court Theater upstairs, a 60 seat venue. Dude, can you imagine 60. how cool? Can you imagine how cool it would have been to have seen that Dude, show? Poppy. Okay, it's not me. That was you earlier. You know. No, this has to be a Zoom thing. Yeah, okay. Um, we can start sh- and stop. Usually when this happens, um, it doesn't end up on the recording like that. Oh, okay. All right, we won't worry about it then. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it yet. I mean, okay. if this show sucks, then Recky Horror just wasn't meant to be. And the poor fans... Oh, the poor we'll fans do this. will have we'll do to this do again. No, fuck uh, that. We will do this again. The poor fans will have to do without Big Texas eulogy. <laughs> I'm glad I stuck around for the end of that shit. <laughs> I'm like, how did he get away with that? Oh yeah, Texas radio station. Never mind. <laughs> Texas radio station seven years ago. <laughs> and he's dead. So, he's dead. so what are they going to do? What, Fire are, him? what are you going to do? Go spank him? <laughs> God. Um, All right. Wait, we're getting off track. <laughs> All right. So, so everyone knows Richard O'Brien wrote this and, yep. and there is part of this cast who were friends of his from England that he he got to to do the show with him, mm-hmm. um, including Tim Curry. Yep. Uh, now this it, this show only went four weeks in this tiny venue, and it was transferred to the Chelsea Classic Cinema, and then to other locations for an initial run of two thousand nine hundred sixty performances in London, all the way through nineteen eighty. This also ran at the Roxy Theater in Los Angeles on stage. Uh, it was produced by Lou Adler and featured Tim Curry's Frankenfurter and Meatloaf as Eddie and Dr. Scott. Uh, many members of the original London cast were involved in the film adaptation, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which leads us into what we're talking about today. And Scott did something nasty to himself and muted himself and we will just keep talking All right. hey he's back hey hi so <laughs> i heard that um <laughs> here's a little bit of trivia for you okay do you know why richard o'brien wrote this um well he had been touring 
in the production of Hair for nine months. Uh, he spent another nine months in the London production. In the sem- summer of 72, he met director Jim Sharman, who had cast him as the apostle and leper in the London production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, Sharman then cast O'Brien as Willie the Alien in his March 73 production of Sam Shepard's The Unseen Hand in Royal Court Theater upstairs. So the answer is no. I don't know why he wrote it. Okay. This, this is actually kind of entailed. Um, Richard O'Brien was born in Cheltenham, England. Richard Smith's family moved to New Zealand. And in 1950 or in 1951, when their father and accountant decided to become a sheep farmer, this caused Richard O'Brien to become fascinated with horror and, and science fiction movies. The, the Hammer movies, specifically the B movies. Yes. So that was what got Richard O'Brien to start thinking about this. Uh, It was originally going to be a horror, but in, in true uh, uh, entertainment fashion, you start to realize that people like comedy more than horror. It's kind of weird because like sometimes you'd be playing Dungeons and Dragons or you'd be writing some shit will take on a life of its own and almost get out of your own control. And I kind of get the funny feeling like he thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did this and just wrote it in there? Because why not? It's my, I can do whatever I want. And, oh, this would be hilarious and, and shocking. Fuck it, let's write it in there. And, you know, and it just snowballs. And snowballs. And snowballs. Uh, okay. Something that really made me laugh was Your phone uh, ringing. <laughs> that my phone did not ring. Your phone text messaged you. Did no, you not put it on mute? Uh, my phone is not even on. Somebody's iPhone went bleep. That uh, may have been my iPad. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> so what? apparently it was my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> One of your eye products was getting your attention. My iPad just said, Are you ready to set up your iPad? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, bitch, I'm doing oh, a show. Oh, fuck. I just touched <laughs> my face with my microphone. Um, so <laughs> uh I was I was actually going through the um what is this what is this shit called uh uh the cast list the cast list yeah and i saw a name and i went i know that name i i know that name from from television there's a tv show called love it or list it which stars it's on i think it's on hgtv I think, uh, I've, I think I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they call in these two people, these two people, uh, fix up, uh, fix up a person's house. And when the people come back, they figure out if they want to 
sell the house or keep it. Got it. Okay. Um, anyways, the, the lady that was in that, that stars in that as a designer, her name is Hillary Farr. Uh, she is, Betty Monroe. Uh, was she was was she Betty Monroe? She was Betty Monroe. She was um, the gal that got married at the beginning of the film. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Uh, let's see here. She was Hillary LeBeau back then, but uh yes, yeah, she was. Betty Monroe. There it is, right there. <laughs> well, I I had closed the thing so that I could go and look at her because I saw her face, I or her picture. I was like, I'm I'm telling you, that's that's it. And then and then, probably one of the um, best evil doers in 007 movies. Oh yeah. Uh turns out to be the criminologist <laughs> now do you know who they originally wanted to to get to do that role no they wanted vincent price for that role oh i but, so, so oh i know so man i was i was watching it this afternoon and i'm like oh god vincent would have been so good in this role i mean i love this guy but uh let me find out where that is so I can Vincent. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Steve Martin auditioned for Brad Majors. Mick Jagger wanted to play Frankenfurter. And Vincent Price was actually offered the role of the criminologist, but had scheduling conflicts. Like, like the role is yours, but he couldn't do it. I'm like, oh man. How sad. I know, say. right? Hey, uh, I, hang on one second. Where were we at? We were uh, uh, we were uh, talking uh, about this this intensely awesome movie, uh, starring Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Hillary Fair being Betty Monroe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the thing about Tim Curry is he still alive. Yes. Yes. Um, sadly, have you seen videos of him lately? He's getting old. He's getting old. Very gray. Uh, well, he, dude, I mean, they did this show in 75 and they were adults and this is 2020. It's been a couple years. Well, I fell in love with Tim Curry with, with what movie? What movie do you think? Stars Eileen Brennan. Blue or uh, Clue. 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 Then I fell in love with him when he went to Broadway and did My Favorite Year. Which, if you don't know what My Favorite Year is, there was a Peter O'Toole movie oh, yeah. that where he. Um, the guy that was the Balky in them, he played opposite of him. Say say again. What? There was a TV show with Balky. Uh, they were cousins, uh, and I think the American cousin actually played opposite Peter O'Toole, if I recall. Oh, uh, I don't I know about look that. that up. La la la. IMDb. Uh, here we go. 
Mark Lynn Baker, who was in Perfect Strangers with yes. the guy who played Balky. That was right. Okay. Okay. Mark Lynn Baker. Right? What did I just say? You said played Balky. What did he play Balky in? No, no, no. He, the guy opposite him played Balky in Perfect Strangers. He played uh, Larry Appleton was his character name, I guess, in Perfect Strangers. Uh, let's see. And the guy that played Serge played Balky. Remember Serge? Oh, was Serge. Like a lemon twist. Like a lemon twist. Serge. Okay, anyways, let me finish my story, please. Nope. You interrupted the fucking shit out of me for that. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite year was a movie with Peter O'Toole and Mark Lynn Baker. Mark Lynn Baker plays Benji Stone. Now, this movie was actually made into a Broadway show that Tim Curry starred in playing Alan Swan. That's cool. Uh, Peter O'Toole's character. And it's, uh, I mean, it is a fucking phenomenal show right up to the end. Guys, it was a great movie. I've seen it a couple times. It was phenomenal. The end of the Broadway show just kind of stops and you're like, what the fuck? It, uh, and, and then Benji starts singing my favorite year and it's all over and you're like, well, that's how you're fucking going to end this thing. I mean, we're not going to find out if, if Alan Swan gets to, gets to be with his daughter. Oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs> I need, how the hell do I take a screenshot of that? I, I have to take a screenshot of this. Um, Boom. Let's take a picture with your phone. I think I got it. <laughs> That's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to this. I, I love Tim Curry. I always love Tim Curry. He's oh, been yeah. a, he's been in a lot of great flicks, but the it's rest broad, of this Broadway theater and movies and albums, yes, yeah, he's done he's done a little bit of everything, man. He's and he's very good. He, he's his vocal range, his expression, he's just phenomenal. Oh, and tons of voiceovers. My God, the amount of cartoons the man's done too. But Eliza mm -hmm. Thornberry's dad in the, the Thornberry cartoon. Okay. Off in the no, I'm I'm looking at Barry Bostwick's. He's another guy that did a ton of Broadway work. Uh Tony's, he got Emmys. Um, I actually have his like biography up here. Um, six foot four. Um yeah, uh, just a ton of stuff, man. Performing along George C. Scott, uh, 
Golden Globe for his role as military officer and War and Remembrance. Um, he's done a ton of stuff, man. Yeah, I, I got to go back to the 1980s for um, for the one show that uh, he probably never should have made, but did. And that was, oh, come on. Uh, foul play. George Washington. No, he, he was in Warren Remembrance. Dads. Warren Remembrance. Till we meet again. Oh, where is it? Now we're into the 90s. Scruples. There it is. It was 1982, and the movie was oh, Make a Force. Dude, that's the best movie ever i saw that in the theaters because i used to go yes best barry boswick movie ever now i I fell in love with the motorcycles he played ace hunter Oh, God, that was such a bad 80s movie. It was great. I mean, oh, my God. The the silk headband. <laughs> Hooper, Cannonball Rock. Wait. Uh, From the director who brought you Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, mm-hmm. Cannonball Run, comes the ultimate spectacle. Megaforce. An elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. Remission to preserve freedom and justice and battle the forces of evil. The good guys always win. Even in the 80s. (laughs) Mega Force. Oh, God. <laughs> Robert Fuller from uh, Squad Fifty One was in this. Was um, he really? Wait, well, yeah, where, he played the pilot. Oh my gosh, he did. Edward Mohair, who was uh, the, the guy from uh, uh, Kit, the Kit Car, uh, uh, he he was in it. Michael Beck, isn't that the dude from the the Warriors? Yes. Henry Silva. Oh, dude, man. Killer crew, man. <laughs> dude, there oh, was there were a lot of people in this flick. And I mean, we didn't even name off like like uh, Meatloaf. I mean, this was What's that got to do with Megaforce? Oh, no, I was talking I was talking about I was back on sorry, I was back on Oh, you took a left turn uh, there, man. You're scaring sorry. me now. All right, back. Oh, so Mega Force is all done. All right, so yeah. I mean, we're not we're, okay. Got, so Tim, got, I, Tim I, Curry. I'm sorry. I should I should have said, hey, we're back to wrecking. <laughs> so because... we never. Well, we didn't finish with Tim Curry. That's what screwed me up. So we were talking about Tim Curry. Uh, he was in Legend, Clue, The Hunt for Red October, It, dozens of voiceovers, cartoons. Uh, oh, his character in Hunt for Red October was awesome. Oh God, I, I loved, I loved it. it. But sure. 
Um, you got Susan Sarandon. We never talked about her yet. We jumped uh, right to Barry Bostwick, man. I ha- and it's funny because I have Brad Majors, a hero, and Megaforce right n- right next to Barry Bostwick's name in my notes. It's the only note I have next to Barry. <laughs> but how about Susan, man? Susan's been in a mess of stuff. Susan Sarandon uh, is an actress that uh, I, I don't even know how. To, Thelma and Louise, she was mm-hmm. she was really, really good in that. Which is um, the Eastwick? Yeah. The Hunger? Uh, yes. Rick and Morty? Rick and Morty? Speed Racer? You know how much I love that film. I do. Bull Durham. I actually really love her in Bull Durham. That was what I was. I, I was like, there was a baseball one that she did, and it, it was Bull Durham. Yep. Where she she plays Kevin Costner's love interest. Love interest. Yeah. But she's really kind of a flake in it, and I I mean she she's like a a hippie for baseball players almost. Well, she's like a groupie, is what I would call it. Yeah, she's left she, with a, everyone, but it's such a great part. I mean, I love her in that movie. Um, I remember her from the January Man. Remember that one? Yeah, Kevin Klein. Oh God, I love that movie. Uh, Oxbridge Blues, mm-hmm. the TV, the TV series. What else is is there? Oh, she was in Tempest. Okay. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, she did some. She did some Broadway stuff also, if I recall. That is actually a a freaking really good uh, movie with Molly Ringwald starring in it. Stepmom, the client. Yeah, she's done a ton of stuff, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, if you haven't seen The Tempest, please go watch it. It's good. So we talked about Richard for a hot second. Now he was also in the movie Flash Gordon. Okay. Are we boring? Are we boring you, Scott? I'm sorry, dude. I have been at work since five o'clock this morning. I uh, I'm I'm ready for bed. I've been up since five o'clock this morning, and I'm an hour earlier than you. So, you know. um, no, I was at work at five. Oh, okay. I'll give you that one then. Sorry, my bad. Um, and and Rich, and Richard O'Brien also did voices for Phineas and Ferb of all things. Uh, who else do we have in here? Oh, I was talking about Meatloaf. No, no, we'll get there. There's a lot to talk about with Meatloaf. Uh, Patricia Quinn, who played Magenta, uh, she was also she was from. Is she the the Australian? No, who who she played Magenta. So she's the one from England. The other girl is from Australia. Okay. Um, And Patricia Quinn was also in Monty Python's The Meaning of Life and a really great PBS show called I, Claudius, which I actually saw in its original. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. It's, It's very old and underrated, but it was it was fantastic. Nell Campbell. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, I need to retract something. Patricia Quinn would absolutely kill me if I didn't retract this. She's actually from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah, she would kill you for that. So, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. 
uh, Nell Campbell, who played Columbia uh, as Little Nell. Uh, she didn't do a whole lot, but she was one of the groupies in the Pink Floyd movie The Wall. And then you've got. She was also one of the youngest people in the movie. Probably. Uh, she was born in 1953. Everyone else was from the 40s. <laughs> so Jonathan Adams, Dr. Everett Scott. Uh, he unfortunately passed away in 2004. Don't know much about his background. Didn't look it up. I apologize. Uh, Peter Hinwood was Rocky, a creation. I think that may be the only movie he ever did. And we'll talk about his fact that he was just there in, in body only after a while. Charles Gray, the criminologist, an expert. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever was the Bond film you were looking for, I believe. Yes. He also passed away in 2000. Uh, Jeremy Newson, who played Ralph Hapshat. Uh, he just died in 2020. Uh, we talked about Hillary Farr. That's the main cast, except for Mr. Meatloaf, who also sadly passed away this year. Uh, okay. You said I couldn't talk about Meatloaf because you had a lot to talk about. And all you said was, and then there's meatloaf and he died and go <laughs> I, i'm waiting for you you said that you had a whole bunch to talk about no, no, no. I, did, I was the, the rest of the cast we're done with the cast we're on to meatloaf go right ahead man what do you got to say about mr meatloaf nothing i was just going to talk about the fact that he was in the movie oh okay <laughs> that's <laughs> Scott's really on the ball this week. All righty, then. Did, did uh, he do anything other than the movie, then, Scott? Um, I think he's done a few things, but <laughs> I, I don't... Did, did he do any other movies? Honestly, I don't remember if he was in any other movies. I know he was in... And I must find this now. Uh, why, oh, I can't do that because I'm not over here. He apparently has 110 credits. Oh, damn. Let's see. Meatloaf. On Broadway. He did the song. He did the Broadway musical of Hair. In 1968, he played General Grant, mother, and a young recruit. Uh, he did an off-Broadway show called Rainbow in 1972. Then he went on to the Rocky Horror Show in Los Angeles in 1974 as a performer. Then he went on to the Rocky Horror Show on Broadway in 1975 as Dr. Scott and Eddie. And then he also did <coughs> Rockabye Hamlet, a Broadway show in 1976. So he kind of started in broadway uh <laughs> before his musical career before anything else what year was that well he started in 1968 in hair and ended his broadway run in 1976 okay his uh first movie that he was in mm -hmm. now i have not looked this up so i'm i'm gonna be amazed as everybody else 19 
62. Oh, wow. State Fair. He was uncredited uh, and was a boy in the stands. <laughs> now, IMDb did credit him with it, so it must be true because it's it on the be. internet. It's on the internet. I keep hitting the wrong buttons. Golf <laughs> clap. Golf clap. That's the sound bite you need. What? Golf clap. Golf clap. From uh, uh, the uh, uh, Caddyshack. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, the 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 two brothers, uh, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. Uh, when they're garbage garbage guys. Uh, yes. Men at work. Yes. Golf clap. Golf clap. Golf clap. Okay. <laughs> uh, Milo still owned his Eddie jacket from the movie up until his death. So that was kind of cool. I don't think I'm much else about Mr. Meatloaf other than, you know, brilliant musical career and comeback career. And we could do yeah. a whole show about Meatloaf. Oh, my I God. Mean, I, I was... Uh... Uh, oh, he's appeared in many films. Here you go. Crazy in Alabama, Bama, Formula 51, Fight Club, Lightning Force, Glee, Tales from, of the, Tales from the Crypt, Dead Man's hmm. Gun, Master of Horrors, Master of Horrors, Pelt, House, Ghost Wars. Hmm. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I, well, no, he's he's got he he's got um 110 credits. Nice. Um, sadly, he died January 20th, 2022, in Austin, Texas, uh, from COVID 19. Um, not a big fan of that COVID 19 shit. No, no, not digging it. Killed a bunch of people. Um, I do have a little tidbit about Richard O'Brien. Yeah. Was unsure if Meatloaf could sing the song Hot Patootie. O'Brien gave Meatloaf the song and said, okay, it's okay if you flub a, a few of the lines because no one in the London cast has ever sung the whole thing correctly anyway. Meatloaf looked at it and said, what's the problem? And then sang it word for word in its entirety. No problem whatsoever. Because he's Meatloaf. <laughs> I have no faith in meatloaf. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now, meatloaf, while being a fabulous, fabulous artist, I know for a fact after my first wedding that anybody can sing Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Dashboard. I give up. I need to go to bed. Uh, believe it or not, by the dashboards light. Dashboard. The studio, the studio wanted Elvis Presley to play Eddie originally. Uh, there was a whole, there was a whole big thing about the studio was going to give them a lot more money to do this movie if they did all American actors, and Charmin was like, "No, we need to have." these guys that did it originally in here it's just not going to work so they 
they did a compromise then they got brad and janet american actors and everybody else and my meatloaf was american but he was in the original show you know so they and they got the rest of the cast and they that was why the budget was only 1.2 mil elvis in 1975 would have been like 300 pounds well, you know, I mean, they were probably looking at doing that movie a couple of years before that. He was probably looking okay at that point in time. But yeah, that might have been the reason why Elvis didn't play Eddie. Mm. Could you see that on a motorcycle? <laughs> the motorcycle that he was on was a wheelchair that they attached a windshield and handlebars to. When they did a camera and it crashed, even it crashed. I guess the poor stunt guy crashed the motorcycle doing that scene and like broke his leg. Mm. I can't find anything good here. I've got nothing. That's close. There, I guess I'll go with that. I just have nothing today. I'm telling you, I all day at work today, I kept saying to myself, I, I don't even want to talk about Rocky Horror tonight. I'm just not in the mood. Why could you not want to talk about Rocky Horror? I don't know. I just didn't. I was like, yeah, fuck that. I have better <laughs> things to do in my life. Drink beer and pass out? You've seen all kinds of movies. But you've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. Let's do the time warp again. The Rocky Horror Picture Can't hear it now. Still can't hear it. Okay, why is that still there? I'm viewing your screen, but not your audio. (laughs) I don't get... (laughs) So anyway, the time warp that we were just listening to. It was believed to be influenced from Jean-Luc Godard's film Bon Départ, which also inspired the dance scene from Pulp Fiction. Did you know that? Scott's in his own world now. What? (laughs) Oh, I, I could not hear a word that you said. I can't hear any of the audio you're showing me. I have no clue what the hell's going on. I can hear you. That's it. Seriously? Son of a bitch. I hate this thing. (laughs) As long as you get on audio, who cares? Anyway, time warp. You've seen Ah, I can hear it now. And now, yeah, there we go. You've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is wonderfully weird. You know I'm a friend of 
they're probably foreigners with ways different than our own. It's fabulously freaky. I give up. My shit's not working. (laughs) I can't get shit to work today. I've had enough. I am so fucking exhausted. Well, I mean, I'm fucking exhausted because I've been staying up until two, three o'clock in the morning trying to get the shows edited. You got a few in the can. Take a break, man. All right. What were we talking about? Well, I mean, we got the lips there. Uh, Whose lips are they? Well, the lips in the movie are Patricia Patricia Quinn's lips, which are lip syncing with Richard O'Brien singing. The promo art behind me and all the movie posters was a gal named Lorelai Shark, who was in Playboy and was a spokesmodel for Chicago's Loop 98 FM radio station. They were all inspired by a painting by Man Ray called Observatory Time for Lovers, which was also the inspiration for the Rolling Stones iconic logo. So this maybe that's why Jagger wanted to do the show. Hey, that could be. That could be. You never know. There were some of their famous paintings referenced, like American Gothic was referenced in this movie. Whistler's Mother, which if you look in the criminologist book, is actually meatloaf and drag. Mm-hmm. Um Mona Lisa shows up, The Last Supper. There's just some weird stuff that shows up in this movie. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Uh, This is the very first time that 20th Century Fox allowed different music to be played on top of their 20th Century Fox intro. It was that, like, small piano instead of, like, the the full 20-piece orchestra going, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, ba-ba-ba-ba. It was just a little player piano. Theatrical movie debut of Tim Curry. Yes. I believe it first aired in Italy. Uh, One of the Transylvanian women, uh, Asian lady with long hair, is actually Richard O'Brien's wife at the time. Her name is Kimmy Wong. Um, So, I know that You've been to this live. I've been to it live. Yep. Uh, I don't know who you played. If you uh, played I anyone. Frankenfurter once. Because I had long curly hair at the time. It kind of made sense. I usually did riffraff, but I was Frankenfurter a few times. Mainly because we had a wig. I could not do Barry Bostwick. I did no. not have, I was not, yeah, I was not. Nope. No, 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 no. Um, I actually worked at a movie theater for a little bit that did Rocky Horror, and I figured out that you don't want to work at a movie theater that does Rocky Horror. <laughs> they got all the popcorn and newspapers to clean up and toast. Oh, and there's there's water everywhere. Um, 
There are squirt guns everywhere, people. Yeah, but did they have plain dealer newspapers? That's the question. Well, you know, plain dealer newspapers was a Cleveland thing. But that's what's in the movie. But it was a Cleveland thing. Nobody had, nobody else in America had. When we did it in Virginia, no, we had the Virginia pilot. <laughs> it's yes. so bizarre that they, they filmed this damn thing in London mm-hmm. and had a Cleveland newspaper. Like, why? <laughs> well, because the Cleveland Plain Dealer was actually one of the most famous newspapers ever in America. And uh, don't ask me why. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know at all. Um, Dallas Morning News is pretty pretty damn famous because of JFK. Uh, but yeah. you know, I, I don't. I don't know. It's surprising that they used a plane dealer. God, you remember details about this that I don't remember. I was watching it uh, this afternoon, and I just because we were in Ohio, we always thought it was hilarious. It was the fucking plane dealer. Like, who else is going to know about that except us? Phallic symbols. Oh, every every switch on the wall basically had a little penis tip on the end of it. I mean, it's just every single one of them. The, 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 what do you call those horse things? When he's giving Rocky his presence, the, the, what do you call those things? The, the, Oh, the pommel horse, the pommel horse, that a little tip at the end that went down. I was like, yeah, there was no phallic symbols. They were just plain old phalluses. That's <laughs> a, uh, I have, I have throughout my life of, of doing Rocky Horror Picture Show jumped many times up at a screen <laughs> to point out those. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> Alex Zimbel. Um, it was the 1970s. It was 1975 that. This was filmed uh, in 1974. Um, I don't think I started watching it till 1980. I think was my first time because I was I was in high school. Now, at that point in time, you're talking about pre bicentennial. Uh, yes, there was there was the whole uh, love live and all that that crap from the 60s but um this was really my first movie uh introduction into into the the alternative lifestyles um the the transvestite i shoot i didn't even know what a transvestite was when when i went to the first rocky horror picture show i figured it out <laughs> but I didn't know. I mean, I I grew up in Medina, Ohio, a small farm town just west of Akron. You're like, wait, um, wait, guys dress up as girls? What? Yeah, that doesn't what, seem right. What the hell's that? Wait, that guy is doing that to that guy. That doesn't seem right. 
What the hell? <laughs> you mean if I did this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird movie because it's it's gender neutral or gender bending or gender whatever you choose to think. I, I, how many minds did that movie open? I mean, obviously, I opened up your mind to there's a bigger world out there. I well, mean, how many people? How many people saw this film? Like, came out of the closet, for instance, or, I mean, my God, it it had to be a revolutionary movie for so many first timers. I mean, you realize weird wasn't bad; it was just different. Weird was weird, but it was okay. It wasn't to be shunned. It was it was okay, you know. Mary. Uh, did she have a little lamb i can't say her last name but i really want to um oh mary mm. mary mary you on my I, mind i used to go up to the the mayfield uh cinema in in cleveland heights with her to go see uh uh Rocky Horror. And, and I mean, oh, God, she was so gorgeous. Italian. Oh, just drop dead freaking gorgeous. And uh, and one night she was over at the house and we were we were doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Not so much of that, but a little bit of that. Um, and and all of a sudden. I, uh, I got a conscience, and I, I, I looked at her, and I went, "Are you sure you want to do this?" What the? F the worst answer in the world hits me in the face. No, no. Oh fuck! My one chance to bag an Italian chick. <laughs> I'll never eat biscotti again. <laughs> Lasagna's ruined for you. <laughs> oh, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> Off the air, I'm going to have to tell you how my day was today, and you'll understand why I am the way I am right now. Well, did you have to call EMS today? No. Oh, well, that was an okay day then, probably. No, I did have somebody at the golf course get totally pissed off because the grass was growing in the driving range and they decided to take the mower and run through the tall grass throwing golf balls at all of the workers that were out there picking up balls yeah it was a yeah and instead of noticing that he's throwing these balls at 100 miles an hour at the side of the mower he just keeps going Keep on going, buddy. I had to get that shit short, get, man. Get, Come on. Get that shit cut up. It's worth doing. It's worth doing right. I mean, I, I'm... Dude, I have a temper. You know I've got a temper. <laughs> Everyone knows I have a temper. No, don't say I, that. No. no. I, can, I can blow up at the tiniest little thing, but that, <laughs> that was just... I was like, dude, and you sat out there for two hours running back and forth over balls. 
uh, dude, at some point in time, get your anger in check. <laughs> Did you charge him for all the balls that he destroyed? No, no. And if if I call you up tomorrow and say that I lost my job, it's because of what I just <laughs> said. <laughs> Let's see. Is it truly Grand Theft Auto if it's a lawnmower? Um, <laughs> is it felonious assault if golf balls are hitting your workers at 100 miles an hour? I, I think you are probably justified in whatever you I did. Think, I think. Uh-oh. Uh-oh? Well, uh-oh. Don't say uh-oh. I think. Um. I think as I've gotten older, I've learned how to, um, I've learned when I start to go over that line of, of boil, you know, uh-huh. and I, I kind of sit back now and go, all right, we got to stop. <laughs> we, we just got to stop. Um, because I, I don't want to be the the stupid manager who flips out and goes absolutely nuts for no reason i mean there's there's things to get upset about um you mean like lou from caddyshack see yes. that rapper pick it up <laughs> you know and i'm not saying you know everyone's got a different management style than than me uh, it's my Every manager in the world has a different style yeah. from scott <laughs> Um, shocker. Well, you know, when I started, when I started as, as a manager, this would be 30 years ago. Remember that 30 years ago, I was a dick. I just, uh, fuck you go do it. It's, it's my way. And now after running businesses for as long as I have, I've learned a few things in life. And, and one of those things is that. If your employees are pissed off at you because of the shit that you're doing, they tend to quit. <laughs> and then you have to do their job and your job, and that sucks a lot. And, and, and I, I had this conversation with, with one of the AGMs the other day. I was like, guys, if you're spending more time having to hire people constantly for the same job, then you're probably managing it wrong. I bet that went over like a lead balloon. Uh, well, nobody nobody wants to hear from Scott. I've only run four fucking million dollar companies and might know a little bit about what I'm doing. But you know that the 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 young people are like are like just do it. Do it my way. Do it my way and I'm like you know, sometimes you might want to sit back and listen to the suggestions or talk to your people in a way that they're not feeling like you're putting them down. I understand that you're smart. I understand that you're, you're good with money and stuff like that. However, comma, you have to deal with people and that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, you know, it's a. Uh, yeah, it was a rough day at work, dude. And I'm sorry if I seem like a kind of a downer and shit. But honestly, I didn't get home until 5 o'clock. I had no time to finish my show prep. 
because you were up my ass going, I'm ready. I'm ready. I fucker. just threw that Wolf out fucker. there. Sometimes Wolf you want to start fucker. early. Sometimes you don't. I'm, just, I'm here if you need me. You I'm, know what? I'm Scott. I'm here for you. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? The one guy that I was talking about today really didn't like it when I turned and looked at him and went, listen, I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> How did oh, that shit. go over? <laughs> like a level alone. Yeah. <laughs> I said, it's no wonder. I'm, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to get fired tomorrow. The funny thing is that, like, these guys have pissed off the marshals so bad that I know four marshals that have applied to a different golf course Shit. <laughs> that the same company owns <laughs> and they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> so the company goes, why is everyone from our one golf course applying for our other golf course? Huh. Why is that? Can, I, I have a question. Why are... <laughs> Why are four people getting paid $7.25 an hour at your place applying over here to make thirteen fifty an hour? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why are they all coming right now? <laughs> oh, my God. My, my management's style is just slightly different. <laughs> You're a different breed of cat. Richard O'Brien never really did anything else after this, did he? No, like I said, he was in uh, he was in Flash Gordon. Uh, he did that follow up movie that nobody wants to talk about. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I think um, he I had done voiceovers, but I I, I did not. Did not go that deep into his uh, repertoire. He was doing stuff all the way up to 2021. The Baron Author podcast series. Okay. Phineas and Ferb, right? Well, we knew that one. At Rocky Horror Show Live, Phineas and Ferb, Night Train, Ten Commandments TV series. Really? Elvira's Haunted Hills. Ooh. Dungeons and Dragons. Dark City ink thief yeah a lot of i mean this sounds like a guy who does whatever the fuck this guy wants to do which you know what I, i've been in the entertainment industry you've done theater shows and stuff yeah. Yeah, at some point in time you really do kind of start to to change i mean i get asked probably 15 to 20 times a year to light shows and i tell people no all the no. time no thanks um i i did say yes finally the other day um i will be lighting gypsy at the irving arts center for main stage irving 
at the end of October, October 29th, to be exact. But entertainers really do get to a point of where they've got to start doing stuff that they like. Uh, otherwise, it becomes mundane, you know. Uh, I... Yeah, if you I, have the means, if you have the means to do what you want, that's a great place to be in life. You know, well, I, even even if you don't have the means, like I quit theater in 2016, and I was like, I'm done. I won't do it again. I went back to to lighting concerts. I enjoy lighting concerts. I would rather do concerts than than theater shows. You don't um, have to deal with so many divas yeah i mean i i'm literally dealing with one person i'm dealing with an artist and and i don't mind doing that or i'm dealing with a uh production manager for for a for a company yeah you know and, and i think that's the way richard o'brien has really led his life um that this the rocky horror picture show was just he was a he was in his 20s when this happened uh, when you're in your twenties, I mean, well, okay. So when I was in my twenties, what did I like? Nicole Pezzi's a piece of my heart. Uh, you know, I wasn't, he was lucky enough to light something or to, to build something that he wanted. And honestly, this, this turns out to be a great show. Um, I, I don't have this written down anywhere, but this is the longest running show in the or longest running movie in history uh, it, it's somewhere. that's 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 it is the longest run in a movie theater yes and um that that was kind of where uh Ar- not archaeo um come on who who did this uh 20th Century Fox? No. RKO, 20th Century? No, it was, uh, no, it was 20th Century Fox. Yeah. It was one of the most brilliant decisions that they ever made to uh, mandate that the, the show could only be played at midnight. Uh, the longest running theatrical run in yeah. history. That's the official title of that. I just... Uh, the they were brilliant in mandating that it had to be done at in at night at midnight and that that was actually kind of smart because the movie's an hour and a half long yeah they're in they're out you know they're in they're out um the the cutoff for alcohol is two o'clock in the morning this movie's over by then these guys can drink or do whatever they want and have they a go good time. have one drink afterwards and they're good to go. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so before I go any further, and you know, I, I have I have I have some trivia. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, and look at the clock on the wall. Are we going over time? Or are we good? No, we, we have about ten more minutes and then, okay. then we're okay. gonna have to break. Um in an interview with Terry Goss, Gross, Gross, Terry Gross, 
on her radio program for Fresh Air, Tim Curry explained a moment that he enjoyed. What do you think it was? Meeting Princess Diana. Meeting King Charles III and Princess Diana at the same time. Why did they get to meet? Princess Diana was a huge fan of Rocky Horror, and she requested to meet Tim Curry and then told him with a small smile that this movie quite completed her education. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> other, there were a couple of that Keith Moon of The Who, Harold King, and Elvis Presley's were both, or all three, very big fans of this movie. Yes. Ah, uh, let's see here. Uh, we already discussed the the 20th Century Fox offering more money yep. for them to use American actors. Yep. Uh, what else here? Um, Pierre LaRoche. Oh, yeah. The um, former personal stylish. Stylish? Stylist? Stylist for David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Did created. the Aladdin did the Aladdin scene uh, mm-hmm. makeup? Yep, yep. Uh, he also he also helped create the signature look for Doctor Frankenfurter. Although apparently, he took like four hours to put on Curry's makeup, and Curry was like, "Screw this! I can do it faster," and started doing it himself during the movie production. Uh, let's see here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Did you talk about the stuntman? Uh, the motorcycle guy busted yeah. his leg? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Frank is attacking Riff Raff with the whip, Tim Curry is actually cracking the whip against the floor. Oh, did you talk about the Susan Sarandon and um, Barry Bostwick? Incidents? Well, no, that they, they were, and they were dating at the time. Yeah, <laughs> they were dating at the time, and um, in they shot the first scene, or they they shot the scene with Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon at the table, and Barry Bostwick slams his hand on the table. Super asshole. He <laughs> accidentally smashed Susan Sarandon's hand. And, you know, they were dating at the time, so she vowed to get him back. So later in the filming, when she is wearing the spiked heels for the, the, um, the floor show, for the floor show, she stomped on his foot. In it's the it's funny because all this is in the movie. You can see the re- you can see Riff Raff's reaction and- when he gets his hand snapped. Yeah. Richard sees Susan going, ah, you know, jerks her hand back, and you can see Barry going, oh, <laughs> Susan or uh, Richard O'Brien said that all that stuff had to be left in the movie because the editors wanted to cut cut it out and use use a different scene. He was like, no, that's no, day. <laughs> yeah, perhaps these little uh, mishaps led to their breakup. Who knows? You never, never, never know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, filming took place from October through December. Wow. That's not only long. three months. Yeah, not too long. 
October through December in Bray, Windsor, England. Barry Bostwick claims he was always wet during the filming because the castle had a leak. Oh, dude. No, it is near Berkshire, which is hilarious to me because that is, is one of the, I think one of the guys that I worked with at the the country club, mm-hmm. like gave me the nickname of Berkshire. And I actually use that in like, like if I sign up for a game on a phone or something like that, that's my username is Berkshire. But um, yeah, that there was one room in that whole castle that, well, th- there was no running water. There were no bathrooms, and there was yeah. no heat. And there was only one room. Yes, that was left warm, and that was because of a a space heater. And which, that room accidentally caught on which fire. Caught the room on fire. <laughs> I, 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 I will burn the building. I will burn the castle down. Um. Yeah, the castle is used. Oakley Court, built in 1859 in the River Thames in Berkshire, England. It was also used in uh, some of these uh, old B movies. Uh, Man in Black, 1950. Brides of Dracula in 1960. The Reptile in 1966. The House in Nightmare Park in 1973. Now, it was actually renovated in 1981 and turned into a four-star hotel. You, we, anyone can go spend the night at Frankenfurter's castle if they so choose. Dr. Scott! Janet! Brock! Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brock! Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brock! Musketeer roll call complete. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Everett V. Scott crashes through the wall for his entrance because the set builders forgot to put an extra door in the laboratory set. Oh, shit. Yeah, Susan, she got pneumonia from filming it's because she was always so damn cold. And then they did the, the, the pool scene and she actually got pneumonia from that shit. What? Well, but she kept filming, bless her heart, man. She's a stripper. She not only got it from that, but the whole walking scene when they're walking through the rain. That was real rain. <laughs> it was real cold. cold. <laughs> it's fucking London and you know, it's England. It's gonna be cold and rainy. Guess what? Uh so yeah. It, yeah. Tim Curry stated that frankfurter is actually pansexual yes i went to look that up and i did not realize that you needed false graph to that was that was funny (laughs) i have no clue what pansexual is that means you're attracted to anything Thing. Oh, I can't say anything. Any person. I was going to say I drove by a rock today and I did not find lust in my <laughs> in my loins. <laughs> I have, however, tried to stick my penis in a Bud Light bottle. That didn't work out well. Um, his accent. Do you know where you got that from? Do tell. 
Yeah, well, he had thought about doing a German accent, but then it was just a little too harsh. He decided to blend his mother's telephone voice with the Queen of England to come up with the accent for Frankenfurter. So, do you know the four original players? Bless you. The four original players from the stage production that were in the film. Riff Raff, Columbia, Magenta, and and Frankenfurter were the four from the original cast. Correct. The filmmakers asked Susan Sarandon to perform fully nude during the touch a touch a touch me scene, but she flatly refused, <laughs> even though she had appeared nude in many films previously. Mick Jagger wanted to play Frankfurter. I said that. Did you talk about I Can Make You a Man? I don't know. No, 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 I did not. The song I Can Make You a Man was inspired by Charles Atlas muscle ads from the 1940s and 50s. Often, tension. Oh, yeah, the whole often yards, the slogan said, in just seven days, I can make you a man. Yep. Uh, okay, we already talked about the meatloaf incident. Ooh, I got a, I got a really out there one. Uh, a guy by the name of Christopher Malcolm played Brad in the original London Broadway show. Okay. He was in the Empire Strikes Back as Rogue Two when they were doing going around the legs of the walkers and shit like that. That's the dude. He also showed up. Uh, he played Brad in that other sequel that nobody talks about. Uh, Shock Treatment? Shock Treatment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. The skeleton in the clock was real. It was commissioned by a lady after before she died, she commissioned and I got two conflicting things. I got that it was her skeleton and then I got it was her husband's skeleton. So I don't know which one's real. So all I have is, according to Richard O'Brien, the skeleton in the clock was real life skeleton belonging to the woman who commissioned the clock. So it was hers. Or her husband. I don't know. I, I've seen both. In, but yeah, that's a real skeleton and a real clock. And do you know? Things, do yeah. you know how much it sold for? In two thousand and three, I think it sold for the equivalent of seventy thousand U.S. dollars. In two thousand two, Sotheby's auctioned off the coffin clock, which sold for thirty five thousand pounds, which in American dollars is close to sixty thousand. There you go. So, yes, you are very, very close to that. All right. We have to take a little break here. I I loaded up all this great music, and and I don't know. You can't find it. (laughs) No, no, it's it's all here. I just don't know what I want to play yet. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of, like, really, really, I guess in honor of work, uh, I'm gonna play. Um, I'm gonna play the song by Callaway. 
Remember, it's, it's in honor of work. I'm surprised you didn't do CeeLo's Greens, fuck you. Cash, cold, that's what I need. This reminds me of the music from Labyrinth. This is from my days of selling Kirby vacuums. <laughs> this is in the movie Mannequin. I think so. <laughs> when you hear the tagline. Oh, yeah. Kids, we'll see you in a minute. And hopefully, I'll be rich enough to buy a Honda. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every Every time you buy gas, use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. I can feel an angel sliding up to me I need to explain this a little bit. Yeah, because I have trivia that links that song to this movie. Really? I do. Ready? Hang on. 
So I was doing I was doing a show called The Full Monty. I love that movie. Oh my back, god. Back about oh god, this has to have been 10, 12 years ago that I did this show. And uh the director of the show, Byron, uh Byron's a great guy. I I love Byron. Um he came to me with this album or CD. And it was a dual CD. And I forget for the life of me what it was called, but yes. it, it was a no. It was a double CD where they took songs from Broadway shows. Oh, turn them into dance and hits? Turn them into dance hits. So that's where I pulled this from. All right. On top of that, well, hang in. Can you guess it yet? That's a little whorehouse? No. That sounds familiar. Back to the previous song. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um. So this is from the show called Chess. Uh huh. And Murray Head made this song popular on the radio. Yes. His brother, oh, Anthony oh, Head. Everybody, everybody, hang on a second. Everybody, hang on, because I do believe that Kendrick may have, may have made, is that what you were kicking? Were you kicking the Kendrick? I was trying to. The little shit has made it onto the show. The bloodthirsty hound from hell. But you used to love him. You were like, oh, Kendrick, Kendrick. Until and then you met him. Rip my arm ahead. Oh. <laughs> All right, go on about your one night in Bangkok. All right, so Murray Head did the song being popular on the radio. His brother, Anthony Stewart Head, who was the librarian from Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV, 
played Frankenfurter in the 1991 run of Rocky Horror and actually did a remake of Sweet Transvestite on an album in 1989. How's that tie all that together? Wow. I didn't think anyone could Six get degrees one of Murray Ed. <laughs> I mean, I only picked it because this was a big song in the 80s. <laughs> and even Tim Curry had a couple of studio albums. Uh, he had that one song, I Do the Rock. That was actually kind of popular for a hot second. Um, and that video was shipped out to nightclubs to further spread the name of the Rocky Horror movie to yeah. people. So cross-mogination. Poly- cross All right. So if anyone wishes to go purchase this album, it's called Let's Hear It for Broadway. <laughs> and uh, here, I will give you a <laughs> one night only. Uh, I don't know how to love him. Mama Mia, Seasons of Love. I am what I am. Defying gravity from Wicked. Uh, what else is in here? How do you make I am what I am into a dance song? Phantom of the Opera. One night in Bangkok. You should be dancing. Uh, you're the you're the one that I want. Coca Cabana, <laughs> Dancing Queen, Disco Inferno, Footloose, uh, Holding Out for a Hero, and Too Much Love Will Kill You. I guess I should add that one. I, I don't know why. I don't even know that song, so all right. <laughs> Anyways, absolutely cracks me up. Let's hear it for Broadway. Please go buy it. It's freaking hilarious. <laughs> But, I mean, I I literally pop this album in when I'm cleaning the house. And, oh, oh, Kendrick has had, Burke has had enough of the Kendrick. You're starting to claw at the drapes, and that's a kick in the ass offense right there, you little furry butthole. This cat will attack you. And then when when he knows that he fucked up, he runs into this little three-way tunnel that he's got, and you can't get to him. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's a little shit. I love that cat. You deserve him. <laughs> Thanks. You, you had it too easy with Mackenzie and, <laughs> and Sam. All right. Ooh, look, I'm slashing tonight. Right. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, I guess we should kind of uh So what what about this movie? What were your favorite scenes in this movie? That's where I'm not choking to death. Oh my god. Ah, uh, well I I kept talking to try to cover up the fact that you were dying. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that Kendrick Woo. was doing the Heimlich <laughs> on you. <laughs> I know, right? Push, push. <laughs> oh, God. I think I'm dying. <laughs> I, I told him to go to the kitchen and shove a cucumber up your ass. It would totally clear that out. 
I don't think that's the way that works. I don't think how any of this works. Favorite scenes from the movie or favorite bits? Well, your um, favorite? No, what were your favorite scenes? I have a couple of favorite scenes. I, I love Doctor Scott when the magnets turned on and he's running up through the entire house and does like loops around magenta and Columbia and stuff like that. Um, I love the, the floor show. It's just so grandiose and over the top. Yeah. And that, uh, those may be my favorite bit. I, I do love the beginning thing, man. Cause like, if you're not watching, you're missing the fact that Frankenfurter, Magenta, and Columbia are standing in the doorway of the church behind all the other people during the first part of the movie. And you're like, the, wait, the, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, they're the ones that are changing the, the <laughs> flowers and stuff like that. <laughs> Master, Master, we have a visitor. Um, How did it happen? <laughs> I did to make him for you. <laughs> the river was deep, but I swam it. Damn the it. future is ours, so let's plan it. So damn please, it. don't tell me to can it. Damn I have it. one thing to say, and that's damn it, Janet. I love you. So I take it that was the scene that you were talking about. That's the right? scene. Yeah, yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> I have. Okay, there are two scenes that I loved from this movie. Uh, the um, the first one uh, is uh, let's see, right here. I try not to do the obvious because I love this song and I love the next song. It may be the best part of the whole movie. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. That's my second scene. <laughs> it's such a great reveal because, like, he's got the cape on and he doesn't leave it on for very long. All of a sudden, he's just busting it out, and you're like, What the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> um, let's see here. I'm about to do my last one. Turn Warper off. Are you ready for my third favorite? And this is probably, call me macabre, but this is probably my favorite scene. (laughs) 
in the stage show. Clarence Clemens. Huh? Clarence Clemens. No, that is Clarence? No. In the stage show, they always, whoever played Eddie played Dr. Scott because then it looked like they were related. And yeah. and Milo was really upset that he wasn't going to get to do Dr. Scott in the movie, but it all worked out. There are. There was something until Scott left. Oh, there you are. I hate cats. <laughs> I hate cats. You have your own Kendrick story about? Um, well, they have slashed my screen. I have a, I have an Acer, I have an Acer screen up here that's like a 32 inch. Right. It's not touch screen, not anything like that. So it's got this, this plastic coating built onto the screen to reduce the reflection from light. They have scratched through that in a diagonal fashion that really has me pissed off. (laughs) I can't know. Um, Oh, oh, okay. Um, I need you to do me a favor. At the end of this show, have me remind you or remind the viewers about the t-shirts. We have t-shirts? We, we, we will have t-shirts in about a week. I don't have t-shirts. Your t-shirt is actually kind of funny because it's the black and white of your face looking all scrunched up. And a bubble coming out of your mouth, and all it says is seven. <laughs> That's revenge for yours, isn't it? No. <laughs> I cannot say that mine's any better because <laughs> mine is a black and white picture of myself with a bubble that says, here's the thing. <laughs> And that's on the back, and then on the front is our logo <laughs> in the corner. Oh, uh, shit. That's awesome. <laughs> I just sat back, and I was like, okay, the, these are the two taglines that we have, and I know that we have it, so I may as well go and enjoy it. I felt so I, – I, I'm so glad I said that this evening. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, I, after, okay, so, so after the Putin Bay weekend, I mean, seven, it's, there is just not, I, I have no other tagline for you, Burke, except for that. And it's a good one. <laughs> oh my God. So, so. We have now talked about our favorite scenes. What what do you think were the worst parts of this movie? Um, I was never really super thrilled about the whole dinner scene. That is like the my I guess my least favorite part of the movie. The whole eating anything is like eh, I could do without it. Um, 
Man, probably that and it's just kind of weird because like you, you go through like the time warp you go through sweet transvestite you go through i'm gonna make you a man and then you go right into hot patootie and then you kill him i'm like uh um i'm sorry what uh well and honestly <laughs> this is where the movie goes dead for quite a while um after after hot patootie it it just kind of well, there's a lot of exposition there's a lot of movie going on yeah, uh, there's a, we don't there's get to a, another song until uh, until the end touch, touch, uh, touch, well, touch me? yeah is that the next song or is I it think the, so I thought it was the uh the strip tease or not the strip tease the uh, uh no because Rocky gets away he runs around the castle for a little while he pops back. Janet looks on the video thing and sees Brad has slept with Frankenfurter. Then she hears Rocky over in his birthing chamber and they sing Touch a Touch a Touch. Touch a Touch a Touch a Touch. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And it's after that that Dr. Scott comes into the picture. Right. And we go into the dinner scene where they do the whole thing about uh, when he, Eddie said he didn't love his Teddy, you knew he was a no good kid. I can't remember the name of that song now. Forgive me. I mean, there's just this this period where it kind of drags. They get to the floor show. And that picks up again. Then you get to the floor show. Then you get to killing Frankfurter. Nah. Nah. What do you mean, nah? Uh, yeah, well, nah. It's kind of sad, you know? Nah. nah. I feel I... bad for the guy. Why? Nah, he was going home, and then all of a sudden he, was, he wasn't going home. He was a super shit, though. I know, but, you know, not everybody's 100% evil, and not everybody's 100% perfect. You know, you feel a little bad for the guy. He thought he was doing the right thing. He wasn't, but he thought he was doing the right thing, you know? Okay. <laughs> uh, um, let's see here. Did you know that there are literal Easter eggs in this movie? What? They had an they hid they had an Easter egg hunt on set, and they did not find them all. <laughs> and in the movie, you can literally find three actual Easter eggs in the movie itself. And and people are not quite sure, but this may be the origin of the Easter egg in games and movies. Okay. When Riff Raff is sitting on the throne at some point, right underneath him on the throne is an Easter egg, a literal Easter egg. That is crazy. <laughs> now we were talking about the floor show. Yeah. This is the first time where we see Dr. Scott and stockings. <laughs> 
He took his feet clapping from what Meatloaf did on the stage show originally, too, which is kind of cool. Now, this movie was what? Rated R? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, damn near X. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is now. Yeah. She's actually one of the women that you actually get to see her nipple. Yes. Can you tell me what scene you see her nipple in? It is the second song after this one, which is wearing her pajamas and she pulls her no women she's wearing her pjs and she pulls her pj top down and there's a little rip and her nip pops right out i can't remember the scene but give me the song it's me oh, it wasn't a song she was yelling at frankenfurter damn it I don't I don't remember. Where is she wearing? So we have the we have the the scene where Oh and then uh, there's also the scene at the very end uh the song I'm coming home where I think she slips a nip in her little outfit. So the scene where uh Richard O'Brien and Magenta are watching the security feeds is where the whole uh, nip slip happens. You look so confused right now. Nah, I'm trying to find... I got the movie up on my thing over here. I'm trying to find the scene that... Ah, well. RKO. RKO. Radio's not having pictures, damn it. So the whole swimming scene. Whatever happened to Faye? Faye Ray. That delicate, that delicate satin, satin drape. As it clung to her thigh. How I started to cry. Because I wanted to be dressed. Just the same. Give yourself over to absolute pleasure. Swim the warm waters of sins of the flesh. Beyond any Wow. And sensual daydreams. So. So that was the that was the the um come on 
What the hell is the name of that thing? Hang on. The floor show? My, that was the floor show, people. God, I'm telling you, I am so not into this today. <laughs> um, which I thought was a brilliant production. Um, oh, I, I love that bit, too. But number four. But I think my favorite ballad of this whole thing was the very next song. On the day I went away. Was all I had to say. No, no, no. I want, I to, want come to come back and, and stay. stay. Smile, and that will mean I'm I'm going home. It's actually a very touching moment in the film. Yeah, and and that's that's why I said like he's not all bad. He thought he was, he thought he was doing the right thing. He wasn't, but he thought he was, and he was doing what he thought he was right. You know, this song is kind of that whole thing about that. And, and yeah, free to try and find the game. Cards for sorrow, cards for pain. I found the nip slip scene. Yes. At the end of You Better Wise Up, Janet Weiss, when they are done singing, Columbia comes down the thing and she's yelling at him like, all you do is take, 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 never give, give, give. And she pulls her PJ down and it pops out and then he induces her. So there was no song going on. I could share a screen if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. 
And how hard is it to listen to this music and not hear the lines you want to yell out? Extremely hard. I've tried to find the truth. I've even lied, but all I know is down inside I'm bleeding. It's a dick. It's all good. And crawling on, on Janet's face. Some insects called the human race. What's your favorite TV show? Uh, what's your real favorite TV show? And lost in space and meaning. Show. I wanna go. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh man, we gotta leave the theater now. Damn oh, it. I wish I could show you my uh yeah. Hang on. You hey, need hey, to finish hey, that hey, fucking hey, sentence, hey, man. Hey, <laughs> Action cam. We are action cammed. You just throw all your empties right. Oh, that's your cooler there. Okay. Oh, the entire thing is empty. (laughs) Oh, the entire thing. This. This whole shelf. Yeah. (laughs) So. I was sitting there trying to make some commentary on our, on, on like the end of the show. I mean, the end we were, we were hearing the end and no, no cans kept falling out. (laughs) All I wanted was one and I got them all. I just wanted a butt ice. All I wanted was a Pepsi, but no, I'm saying, no, you're on drugs, but all I wanted was a Pepsi. All I wanted was a fucking butt ice, man. <laughs> it's a butt ice. I just want my ice. And you got them all. Oh, I got 10 of them. <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. My, my cup is empty, but yeah, it's all over my floor. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love this world. Uh, yeah, I had to. I had to do some Bangkok to make me happy again. So <laughs> we have, we have the top shelf. We have five Ooh. shelves. Five shelves plus the box. The glass box behind the counter. The counter. A little bit of techno never hurt, I guess. God, this is tough because, like, like it was influential. It was, like, such a part of our history and growing up. And, like, God, I want to put it in the box. But, I mean, I... I fuck it's 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 the top shelf if not the box i i i hadn't thought about that i don't know scott god i are you seriously leaving this up to me well no i mean this is all our personal preferences here what what where would you put this thing man is it just because it's so iconic it's in the box it's in the box all right, it's in the box. Yeah, yeah. 485 times watching that flick. That's in the box. It's in the I box. I mean, the only the only other movie that I watched as much as this was Star Wars. I watched the first three Star Wars. Well, I had them taped illegally. <laughs> and I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off a lot, too, because I had it taped illegally. Well, I have that. I have that one still. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's a box. Yeah, it's a box. I don't know even why I thought about and it. And I it's also, I also have Secret of My Success, but you know, 
I don't know. I don't know how else to say. That uh, uh, that this is probably. Um, well, no, it's not probably. It, it's in the box. All right, I'm with you. I mean, let me ask you a question: Is this a movie? That you would have your kids watch. I, I just told my oldest daughter that it's on Voodoo and she can go watch it right damn now. She knows the music. She's just never seen the movie. I'm like, you can go watch it on TV right now. Go ahead and do it. I can almost guarantee my youngest one's seen it. And if she hasn't, yeah, I will I will have her go see it. I mean myself as a parent, even if my kid was thirteen years old, I'd let him watch this. It's, it's there's a reason that it's considered a cult film, and that's a because cult classic, it, a cult classic. This is this is a a timeless movie that that it's got some rough edges. Yeah, well, every, you know, Star Wars had rough edges. Lord of the Rings didn't, but Star Wars had some rough edges. Okay, the difference between Star Wars or Rocky Horror or Lord of the Rings is this. Lord of the Rings had money. Yeah. It had money in the beginning. Star Wars didn't. This film had a million. It had a $1 million budget. Look at what they did with $1 million. Star Wars had a bigger budget than this film. Oh yeah. So I no, this is this this to me is as iconic as Blade Runner. Well, I have some fighting words there, but it's up there. It's up there with Blade Runner, but me yeah. Okay. Um would you put Blade Runner in the box? Oh hell yeah. Absolutely. Okay above this one ever so slightly uh, okay okay <laughs> i mean well, i was around the same page on that one <laughs> if it's if it's in the box it's in the box it's in the box it's just I mean, yeah if it's there's, in the box, there's, there's I, no I, levels of the box it's just no. in the box okay fair enough you know there's there's lord of the rings trilogy in the box star wars in the box empire strikes back in the box Return of the Jedi in the box. Still wasn't my favorite, but I have to put it in the yeah, box. It, it, it finishes off the trilogy. Now, I did find something interesting on IMDb. They have the box office. I'm assuming this is totals. Okay. Forever. Gross worldwide is $113,804,859. So they made about 10 times the amount money back eventually. See, that almost seems like it's low. Yeah, but, but dude, those ticket prices were cheap. <laughs> midnight, midnight movies were cheap. A dollar. 
<laughs> Maybe two. I paid a dollar at, <laughs> at the Cedar Lee. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, I guess Richard O'Brien needs to be proud of what he did with this. Oh, yeah. Um, Tim Curry. I, Tim Curry I was incredible in this show. And I understand that he did the live version, but it's not the easiest thing to stick a four-inch slung with some balls into a tight little set of panties and then put on a pair of pumps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the pumps were the toughest part of that outfit. Damn bastard could dance in them, though. I know, right? I mean, he stomped in that elevator all the way down to the first floor. But he was jumping over the pommel horse in fucking pumps. I mean, that's... Well, he'd been doing the stage show for how long? He got used to him. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm of the belief that this is in the box. Uh, Susan Sarandon... I mean, think about the the history that this woman has, and and she she did this. She did. <laughs> Barry Bostwick went on to do Megaforce. <laughs> Best eighties movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> What was the line from that thing? The best. You have to play. I have to play that thing again. It was the best technological something of the eighties on film. It was. What kind of fucking tagline is that? Hang on, I'm gonna. (laughs) I'm gonna bring it up here. I have to go to Barry Bostwick. Uh, Brad Majors, what a hero. <laughs> Asshole. God, I love him. <laughs> 1982. Ace Hunter. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, but you're going to have to wait because I have to. There it is. Armed with the most sophisticated, even in the eighties, the good guys always win. <laughs> even in the eighties, the, the good second, guys. The seventeen-second mark. The good guys always win. The most sophisticated movie weapons ever seen on a movie screen. Let's <laughs> look. Yeah, the motorcycles look badass. I won't. I won't lie. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, battle of the forces of evil. Uh, what else did I have up here? I... Oh god! Here we go. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, you, you know what was what was odd is that the the only people from this movie that have died are um are the older guys, the uh, Doctor Scott, uh, the well, the, Meatloaf kind of went young, but that dude burned the candle from both ends for so many years. You know, I'm not ready to do a meatloaf show we have to do one i know we someday do. someday i'm it's just it's so close to the heart right now i i don't yeah. i don't think i can i don't think i could do it justice um his bad out of hell album was that's in the box um yeah <laughs> That's in the music box. That that's in the music box. There is no way that anyone could tell me that that's not a masterpiece. Um, we gotta quit talking about that because we could go on for another couple hours just talking about that right now. I mean, I oh. know so much info about Todd Rundgren's involvement and just oh uh, yeah, yeah. We need to, someday down the line we'll do it. We'll do a I mean, meatloaf show. We we have to do a dive into it at some point in time, but I'm just uh at my first wedding, I had them play Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. And it was at my wedding too. I, there was a reason for that. That that song is really a song about my coming out of my shell um i was afraid to date women in high school and i felt that it was important to kind of use that as my tool to to break out of my shell um and and honestly at, at my wedding that was one of the funnest things i think i've ever done Oh yeah, I, I, we, everybody had a blast dancing to that at our wedding. Yeah, it was great fun. Well, at my wedding, we we lip synced, guys and girls. Oh yeah, it was wild. I've never seen it. As I listened to Lincoln Park, oh my god, <laughs> we we actually put another another film into the box inadvertently yeah yeah so we have we have lord of the rings star wars and now rocky horror and and and, uh blade runner yeah blade runner's there but it's not officially been put in there it's 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 hiding in the background somewhere that's that's something that that at some point in time we will have to do a review of it to get it into the box i i know it's going in the box oh yeah i mean there's there's just certain flicks that that uh, blade runner deserves to be there um yeah god i almost want to say mad max should be there but I think Mad Max would probably make it on my no, top the shelf. The Road Warrior. Not... The yes. Road Warrior 
could go it could possibly be a box movie because mad max was okay i think the road warrior was just the shit i I think i would end up putting that top shelf it's kind of like westworld westworld i think is one of my favorite films but i can't put it in the box no it's not i could put the tv show in the box but not the movie yeah, the, the TV show is actually better than Yul Brenner's uh, version of, of Westworld. Yeah, that first season of Westworld was mind-bogglingly good. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the season three, though, or four. I don't know. What what movie? Okay, so here's a, here's a great question for you. All right. What movie do you think should probably go into the box that we should look at Remo Williams at this point in time we've got to start cutting oh my god (laughs) Pee-wee's big top adventure (laughs) oh my god you are absolutely insane Um, yeah no, no, I'm not prepared for this question. I'm going to deflect it with comedy. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, would the fuck would the wall be there? No. And uh, now, now you know what? Mm, I, I don't think I can. Fantasia. No. It's close, though. It's close, but no, I couldn't put it in the box. Um, Ferris Bueller. Ooh, that's really close. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting up there, isn't it? That is really close. I mean, um, Breakfast Club. Breakfast. It's even closer. I I don't know. But but you see, we reviewed Breakfast Club, and we didn't put it in the box. Okay. But we had a different grading system then. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We didn't because have the box. We didn't have the box. So. But I put. It's tough, man. God, I. Indiana I, Jones. Box. The first movie. Yeah, the first one box would there be a james bond film in the box Mm. see the problem with that is that if they would have stopped at three i would have said yes but because they had so many and so many were bad yeah but i mean if you take an individual bond film would one of them hit that mark what would you put in there goldfinger i mean i I couldn't do any roger moore movies i couldn't do it uh, and there's no way i mean i loved roger moore movies because they were silly and stupid but but production wise they were horrible but the effects were horrible yeah um then, then you go back to Sean Connery. Uh, Daniel Craig movies get dang close. I, 
he doesn't do it for me. Oh, but I don't dude, know his, why. His character is so close to the book, though. And the production values are fantastic, and the visuals are fantastic. Okay, I so, so yeah, well, that's a show for another time. See, the, the Bond movies. Rate the Bond movies? Oh, my God, we should. Rate the Bond movies? Oh, whoa, whoa. We got to put that on that fucking list. Rate the Bond movies. Oh, that'd be fun. See, I'm scared about that, though, because. Oh, you pussy. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like lighting a ginger Lynn show. You <laughs> never know what's going to be left on the pole afterwards. Um, yeah what what else what else would you put in the box? I don't know. No, oh, I can't even think about it now. I've got. You get too many dead brain cells to think about it. Well, needless to say, maybe there's another one I should do a t-shirt for. Here's the say. thing, needless to say. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know I don't know. I, I don't even know what next week's show is going to be. Neither um, do I, man. Actually... I think we're going to take a break next week. Um, I've got plenty of shows to put stuff up. You need time I'm, to edit a few more. Yeah. And I, I'm embarking on a... Maybe looking for a new job after today. Who knows? Well, I'm my work week this week is five days straight. Ooh. And uh, I think I think I'm gonna need Tuesday. I have Tuesday off and Wednesday back to back. I think yeah. I want those two days. Yeah, for myself. Um, I love the show. I love what we do here. Um, we are up to almost seventy shows for this season. For this season. And so, we didn't do that many shows for the first season. I was noticing that. We did 12. Mm-hmm. 13. What did we do? <laughs> well, I don't know. I got to find out. You got me curious. Uh, let's see here. Now, this is going to take forever. Not for me. So season one, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, you didn't exactly label them per se. There's nine. There's December 16th, part one and two. Eleven? Plus the bonus, that's twelve. We have twelve. Thirteen. We have David 12 Fitch. episodes. Okay. Uh, last season. We are up to <laughs> 60. What is it? 61? 61. The Puddin' Bay Classic. Yeah. I think we're going to take a break next week. Right. Um, you and I have that. you and I have been 
a little we've too, done a lot. Yeah. Um, and don't worry, people. You're not going to lose anything because I have enough episodes to fill up. I have two free-for-all episodes that I haven't even put out yet. That's right. I forgot about those. I had three, but I had to take one away. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we're nearing the end of the show, you wanted me to remind you about T-shirts. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We are going to have T-shirts uh, being sold through, who am I doing this through? Teespring. Teespring. We have uh, two different versions of our, our shirt. Actually, there'll be three because there's one that's just generic Davidson Davis show. You can buy the Burke shirt. <laughs> Seven. Seven. You can buy the Scott shirt. Here's the thing. <laughs> Either one, go enjoy yourselves. Get yourself some swag. Make yourself feel important. I can't believe uh, we have merch. I feel really empowered now. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's scary. We have to buy one just so there's like one. So, so, so here, here's the sad thing is that we have merch, and if the order uh, that I make for mine and the order that you make for yours are the only two orders, I might be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I will lie to Burke about it. I'll be like, yeah, dude, we saw. Yeah, we're doing great, man. <laughs> you made a dollar thirty six, dude. You're doing good. Yeah, that's like twice what we made off the advertising. <laughs> um, what do we have uh, going on? We we have nothing going on. Yeah, we're gonna take a week off, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? You need one more T-shirt. Which one? And on that note. And on that note. <laughs> yeah, but that's all my. You know, we, we have to, we really need to have a show with Sam so that we can start getting some mannerisms off of her. <laughs> then we have to have the Sam shirt. Um, the Sam shirt. God, listen to this. Uh, what would the Sam shirt be? I don't know. I don't know what your daughter says. <laughs> um, I feel very weird talking to her because like, I'm your age, and that's just not appropriate. Um, and that stopped you when? Yeah, but this is your daughter. <laughs> There's a big difference. <laughs> if it was any of my other friends' kids, fair game. <laughs> Pretty sure my girl's a big girl, and she can take care of herself, because... Uh, if you deserve to get slapped down, trust me, she gonna slap you down, dude. I, I never, dude. I am way too chart. Okay, gotta tell the story now. So I'm at the golf course today. Oh God, and we're we're doing a um, we're doing a, a tournament for a local company. I'm not gonna say what company it is. 
because I don't want to get anyone in trouble, mainly me. I pull up to like two. Uh, there, there's two carts that are are like pointed right at each other. I mean, they are butt up against each other, and they're slamming on their gas to spin their wheels. So I pull up, and I'm like, "Hey, ladies! Wait, there's four ladies, two in each cart. Not even guys." I start talking to these ladies, and they are the the women that that help set up the the uh, the event. Okay. And I was like, "So what's going on?" And I kind of figure out that they've all been drinking, and um. Well, like I said, I, I, I pull up. I'm like, hey, ladies, what's going on? They're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, it's not often that I find four beautiful women sitting in golf carts just staring at each other. So what's going on? And that one girl turns and looks at me and goes, um, yeah, um, you find us attractive? I'm like, yeah, you guys are beautiful. Yeah, this Everyone that comes to the golf course is beautiful. <laughs> After about five minutes of talking, she turns the looks at me and I, and says, um, well, you know, I think I need your number. And I looked at her and went, I tell you what, in a couple of hours when my shift's over, I'll give you my phone number. That bitch followed me around the damn golf course for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours. And you sent me a picture yesterday or today. And what was the first question out of my mouth? What the f- oh, God. Stop. Stop. <laughs> we, we need to. <laughs> so did you lie to her and say you owned a boat? No. Stop. <laughs> I kind of, I gotta cut that you're out. You're squibbity to that motherfucker out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I never said a thing. <laughs> what it, do? <laughs> explain it to me. I don't say anything. <laughs> you, 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 you have, have learned. You, you have learned that the less you say. The further you get, the half, dude, half the girls at my golf course want something to do with me, and I don't do anything. It's because you ignore them. I don't get it. Okay. Okay, ladies, let me explain this to you. Let me explain I got some splaining to do. You got some splaining to do, Lose. Okay, here's the thing. When when little girls were in grade school and middle school and everything, they were cliques. And the popular girls ignored the unpopular girls. And even okay. the popular guys ignored the unpopular girls. Okay. Now, eventually, a lot of the unpopular girls became pretty girls. But... In the back of their mind, people who ignored them were the people that they wanted to hang out with. So when you ignore women, many of those women go, it's programmed into their subconscious. Wait a minute. He's ignoring me. 
that's the person I want to hang out with. How that's, fucked up is that? That's insane. And yet, it's true. Now, most of these women I do talk to. I'm, but you I don't mean, hit on them, and then you go, hey, gotta go, see ya. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ignoring part. God You're damn. not hitting on them. What you talk fuck? to them, and then you go away. And they're like, what, 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 what? I'm going to start asking for phone numbers. Maybe that'll that'll fix it. Just say, hey, lift your skirt up. They'll go, yeah, and they'll leave you alone. And when I find her, I will marry her. Never! And things I will be happy and my curse will be lifted. You can go off and rule the universe from beyond the grave. Indeed! Or check into a psycho war, whichever comes first, huh? Holy crap, I'm I'm him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm low pan. <laughs> I'm fucking low pan. How the hell did that happen? Thousand years old and want the old young women. Yep, yeah, you are. <laughs> the 1961 Ferrari 250 GT, California. Less than a hundred were made. My father spent three years restoring this car. It is his love, it is his passion, it is his fault he didn't lock the garage. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. That that is the one that really hits right now. That one ends. Like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. (laughs) Then, of course, Burke just looks at me and says, Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I could make cap or a brooch or pterodactyl. Could you, um... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> the big, pretty white plane. Like I figure all I need a lobotomy and some tights. Tights. You wear tights? You wear tights? No, I don't wear tights. I wear the required uniform. Tights. Tights. Shut up. <laughs> <sighs> all right. A big, so- pretty white plane with drapes in the windows. It looks like a <laughs> Tylenol. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And, and don't, don't call me Shirley. Son, uh, do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> you know what those things can do? Suck the paint off your house and give your family a permanent orange afro. You know what? That was the best line out of that whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> that we found out by accident. We're like, wait, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Uh, yep. Give me some gum gum. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. But what we found out... So you have ten sound bites from this movie, but you won't put it in the box. And am, I, am, I, am I understanding this correctly? Oh, hold up! And a criminal. <laughs> Does that answer your question? <laughs> Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. 
when we reviewed this, we didn't have the box. All right, all right. I have said this. This this is John Hughes's uh, magnum opus. Yes, yes. I, uh, Sixteen candles doesn't hold a it's torch good. to it's this. Good. It's good. This is in the box. This will always be in the box. This movie made me who I am. The guy who I wears w- tights. Dude, no, I was the fucking nerd saying tights. <laughs> but but this was anybody who grew up in the 80s or went to school in the 80s. You had the jocks, you had the freaks, you had you had me. You had the nerds. And, and this movie made all of those people fucking equal. It was the only movie that did that. You had Revenge of the Nerds. That made the nerds great. Guess what? All that did was get me beat up by the jocks. (laughs) Breakfast Club was the only movie that came out and talked about people being equal. Are we going to like each other after this? No. No. We're not. I mean. It's pretty raw. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally raw. Now, Emilio Estevez trying to smoke a fucking joint that now. Nah. <laughs> Every movie has its flaw. That's the one. <laughs> but, All right. I, we should wrap this shit up. We're going to get into metaphysical and religious and we're done. I almost think that we need to redo the Breakfast Club review because it, it's I know so much more now. I, we have, okay, you know, I know that you want to wrap it up and everything, and, and I know we need to wrap it up, but here's the thing. Our show is totally different than it was a year ago. No, totally different from a couple months ago. What are you talking about? But, we're always evolving. We're always changing. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, people change. People grow. I have... A fucking microphone now. And I'm going to use it. <laughs> Do you have a soapbox to stand on while you're talking? Uh, DavisonDavisShow.com. Everyone go there. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
And on that note, <laughs> have a great night, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.